<laughs> make your make your favorite cartoon noise. <laughs> right there. Oh, <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> what cartoon is that? Waluigi? Does, yeah, doesn't Waluigi do that? Oh, the wah, wah, yeah. Wah. Dude, I Waluigi number one. I actually use the. Uh, actually, I, I shouldn't say this publicly because it's like a. If we get sued or something, but I don't care. Nintendo's not. Nintendo is not oh, listening. What? Um, Nintendo's. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I use the Wario sample. What was it again? On Ronopono all the time. He's like. Wah! Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Um, no, no, but actually, he says something else too. What is it? Uh, oh, he says, "I'm not gonna win." Oh, I'm not gonna win. Yeah, Mario number one. I think I just used the "wah" like yeah. when he wipes out Mario Kart. Wowzers! Okay, yours was not a real cartoon yeah, sound. I'm a voice actor now, and I'm on a cartoon show. Watch it on Amazon now, <laughs> so I can voice myself. Can we watch it together and it? roast you? Huh? Wait, what, what's the sound? Dang, fake! Didn't watch it. No, what is it? I just, What's the sound? I was like, oh, right there. But I didn't do that. <laughs> but you don't do that, <laughs> do that in this show. Amber, what was yours? I just said, just keep swimming, because I wasn't, I honestly didn't think you were starting the podcast right now, but cool. You never know. And we did. Well, That's the twist. That's the twist. Thank you guys for tuning in to an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faraz. My name is Amber. And, and today we guest. have a special guest <laughs> named <laughs> <just> himself. <laughs> named <laughs> Dower. Okay. He's Just a casual. TikTok star He's that a reached a uh, multi thousand, multi thousand, multi thousand air TikTok star. Wow. Thousand air only in followers. Icon. <laughs> Don't expect yeah. it to be in the bank. Not, not in the money. But this is brought to you by Olive Theory. You can find us on all social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I think I'm forgetting some. And we're on Apple a podcast. No, no. He's not there yet. He's on social, social media. Oh, uh, bro, you don't wow. even know. Over here. I just let me do I my job. I just know that you always miss that one, so I was just like <laughs> ready to come ahead. However, I how, believe in you, Shami. However, you can listen to. <laughs> can you stop doing that? I'm doing what? I'm Swing doing my job. Around. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you can listen to us um, anywhere you listen to your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. He didn't forget. SoundCloud. Don't worry. Yeah. And the visual aspect where you can see your beautiful faces on youtube yes yes perfect and and if you want to email us mm -hmm. with your cool stories or questions or questions or amazing music or you just want to send us you know a cute little message hi hey how you yeah, doing like how you doing we'll re you know we'll read it we'll read it and that's on strange flavors podcast at gmail.com and that's on period <laughs> and uh if you want to get our merch uh that is always on aliftheory.com slash shop we have alif theory gear there also you can click the red bubble link where you can find Strange Flavors, Ronopono, and Olive Theory gear. Um, and, and posters. It's awesome. Like and our po friend. If you want to get a poster of us, that would be awesome. I really want to yeah. see that girl's poster. Wait, that oh, she yeah. put copped in her. a poster? Yeah. yeah. The contest winner. Am I on it? Did you say no. bro? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you cop? <laughs> okay. I don't think anybody gets your jokes <laughs> besides you. But so <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> he just like, he just like oh, are you sure? I think 10,000 people are following me that are on interested TikTok. in my jokes. Yeah, see, like, like you have to say on TikTok. Like, people don't just know that. 
You're not having conversation. This Yo, is when you're speaking to a TikTok star, you need to come with him. Come with a little bit more respect, yeah, okay? Dude. You don't like know watch him. how you're speaking to him. Yeah. We haven't had this. I'm doing somebody you this a famous. favor by being on this. Thank show. you. What we is really the show appreciate called? your presence. <laughs> what is the show called? Flavor Strange. Yeah, yeah something the flavors like that. are so yeah. strange. Okay, too. even I forgot. Apparently, this has turned into the DD and Dexter podcast. <laughs> Amber is DD and Dower's Dexter. Oh my god. Um, earlier earlier today, we had. We had Amber try cow tongue from yeah. our uh, our guest's wife today. Yes. Uh, why did you try the cow tongue and how was it? Because like, you know what? You guys are, um, never mind, I can't say that word. You guys need She's to be use the P word. a little bit more adventurous. And everybody was like, ew, ew. And I was like, listen. I can't get behind like my tongue eating Another, another tongue. tongue. It's so weird. It was also weird because when we eat meat, like it has seasoning and it's like in a curry or whatever. She straight up brought a cow tongue that was like steamed. It looked there was no like a tongue. It. it was a boiled tongue. Yeah, and it was gray. It, it wasn't was even gray. like pink. And anything. when you would that ate, be weirder? If in the, like no, but in the middle was pink. Regardless, in the middle was pink. Oh, it was. Yeah. So wait, was it good? It honestly, if I'm being so honest, it just tasted like um, uh, galeji. What's galeji? Liver. Liver. It tasted like yeah, liver. Sean Mary recently like had some goat liver. Yeah. For the first place. time ever? I think so. I think I've probably had it before, but it's not a common thing. Mm. So. But that like looks. Liver, that so doesn't look that. like like if it was if it was chopped up and like spiced up, you wouldn't even know yeah, it's a cow yeah, tongue. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. the way you bit it, it looked like you're just biting into another. You're like, like yeah. about yeah. to make out with it or something. Yeah. It's weird. It tasted just like liver. Yeah. Well, that's weird. But um, you said that there was something that uh, has been bothering you recently that you found out. Yeah, I mean, it's something that? that's always bothered me. It's honestly not even a big deal, but... There's a pet peeve? It's a pet peeve, but it's not something that somebody else does. I've just come to realize <laughs> that I can't use metal utensils. <laughs> like, I have to use plastic... Yeah, but that's not a... Why? The thing is, like, I don't know what it is with my teeth. I can't handle, like, metal touching my teeth. Ooh, actually... I get what you mean. It's such a weird Wait, so sensation. when you go to a restaurant, do you ask for plastic? <laughs> Can I get the plastic? If they have plastic, I'll just get, like, you know, to-go. No, but what if you're, like, eating at the restaurant? I'll ask for a to-go thing, but if, if oh, I can't... one of those people. If I can just, like, get away with it, I will. Like, I'll just, like, try not to put my, like, mouth on it. But in I have, like, you know, my nephews live with me in the yeah. house, and they have those plastic kid forks and spoons, so I will only use those. I don't know yeah. what it is about the sensation of metal touching my teeth that drives me insane. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I like to yawn into the mic. <laughs> You know, I actually I actually get what you mean because I, I get it do too. that with certain foods sometimes. Like yogurt, for example, mm -hmm. it feels really weird for some reason eating it with a metal spoon. Mm -hmm. And it's so much easier to like bite down on the plastic and yeah. like I'll actually like... Why are you biting on it? Well, you have to, It's like, just like... Like you have to get the yogurt out. Yeah. Like to I close your she, mouth off around the spoon. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just like... Like, whether it be a straw or a spoon or something, I like biting on it, just, like, play with anyways. Mm -hmm. So, with a metal spoon or a fork, you can't do that. It just makes... It's, like, it, it gives me the same sensation that nails on a chalkboard yeah. does. Okay. Like, like, I've seen yeah. videos I'm of not, I'm not mad at this pet peeve. The yeah. fork thing, like... Shamir does not agree with us, it seems. I, I'm, like, He's indifferent. Neutral. I really don't care. Like, metal things don't bother you? No, I mean, I only get plastic because, like, it's just easier to throw away. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put in the dish, like... You know, in the dish? The, the, <laughs> the dishwasher. Yeah, the dishwasher. Plus, you know what like you know what else I can't get behind? 
metal straws i'm so sorry i've never had one. never tried it they, they have like them as reusable straws and i would rather use a plastic one because i mean you want to like, kill turtles no 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 they have the reusable plastic because ones. you want to kill turtles no they oh, have reusable okay. plastic okay. ones but like the metal ones are popping Sean up everywhere and i can't <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just you know i i i trying to i can't do those controversy paper straws though paper straws are, oh, no. are terrible they suck i don't understand why we can't just use like the cup you know, like I don't like putting straw. my mouth on like no, the actual cup. No, but sometimes a straw hits different. You know, I used to be very like germaphobic and stuff like that with that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. now I don't. I don't really care that much. Like especially because it's just like the more you find find out how unnecessary something is, like a plastic straw, it's just like okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. If the cup is clearly dirty or something, then it's just like all right, let's get in. What's going on here? It's the same thing with glass too for me though. Like, it's not mm. nearly as bad. Oh, about the biting thing? Yeah. And you'd rather have a plastic cup? I would rather... Not a plastic cup. Or a paper... I would rather have a straw if I'm in a restaurant, but, I, yeah. like, I don't necessarily mind if I'm in the house, but I prefer our plastic cups. Mm. Not, the, not the disposable kind, but, like, the reusable, like, to-go type The cups. ones that don't kill turtles. The ones that yeah. don't kill turtles. But I don't think plastic cups kill turtles. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I think they're much easier to recycle. Probably what cups? Paper cups, yeah. yeah. Versus plastic straws. Um, I saw this uh, story recently that was really crazy, but uh, I want to share it with you guys. Um, so there was this marine biologist, and he was like diving uh, somewhere around uh, Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And he saw what was like this like building structure underwater. Okay, Atlantis. And it's a giant plastic straw. No. Uh, and and he, goes, he goes towards it, and he sees windows. So he's like, let me look Stop. inside. And then he sees, like, like, a bar area and, like, poles and stuff. It's a sunken building. It's a strip it's, club. It's a sunken an underwater club. strip club. <gasps> Stop. Yeah. Wait, but how do you get in? Like Sandy's house and SpongeBob? Under- I don't know, but like it's it's a it's meant to like be a... underwater. Apparently, it was previously like a restaurant, then turned into a strip club, and then it's just like been abandoned ever since then. But like, wait, so were the strippers like in scuba diving gear? Like, dry... Amber, sorry, it's not an active. It's running. not. <laughs> it's not under. It's like there's air inside. It's not water inside. There's air in it still, even though it's abandoned. Yeah, like it's not. You can, like, it's sealed. Oh, it's sealed. Huh. That it's changes not, things. You know, like an underwater uh, hotel or something? Oh, it was made to be underwater. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a. It's not, like, submerged uh, in water. So then why didn't anyone find this out earlier? Maybe they did, <laughs> but, like, this, he just recently discovered this. Can and you then, explain like, how it's sealed? Amber's just trying to get inside. Is it like, trying is to it, work there. <laughs> is it like a dome? Are they hiring? <laughs> it's not a... It's like there's there's buildings that exist that are made to be underwater. Like yeah, but that's and, like hotels that are on the top and then it dips to the bottom too. Oh, like half... half yeah. Long? Maybe there's like a fire pole to get down. No, I'm sure, I'm sure there's but some way to... But then would you stop because you would float? No. But it's just interesting that like we don't know how long it's been there and there isn't like much information on it, mm. but... um. It's it's in like you, it could have gone back like you know however long and it's in, it's so around in one order of like for people to get there they would have to like I make know. sure their money isn't wet yeah getting down there they, that's a good point and what also you, don't get, you don't get in from the water how do you get in how do you get in you probably take like 
So then why did he have to scuba dive yeah. together? <laughs> there was no he access from the to top? He, there's just windows that you can... Wait, so what you're telling me is it's not connected from above water to the below. It's just below. So no, how would they get said in? That. Nobody said that okay. it's only below, that there's no... I'm sure you get in from the top. I'm sure there's stairs you're or... You're sure or you're oh, sure? You're, you're, you guys are missing like the point. I don't Sorry. know. Like the, I read the article. It doesn't say the details of how you get inside. Okay, well, that's really important here. Yeah, it's like... Are the strippers getting wet? Bef- were they getting wet before they went into work every day? <laughs> what about in the winter? Is there a submarine that takes them? Do they, do have, they get wet when they get out of the submarine to get inside the building? Do they the have W-2s? Nobody takes <laughs> Do they have W-2s? <laughs> taxis and people pay your taxes. No, it's just... I just thought that it's really bizarre that that, like... That's, that's insane. Imagine finding that. Yeah. But I have, have a, a lot theory. of questions. Okay, what's your theory? It hasn't been found. Like, I'm sure that it's made Yo, for Ariel. people like Ariel, the mermaids Yo. who come yeah, over there. But they can't survive in air. You said it's airtight. You go, no, no. The people come inside uh-huh. and then look outside. And and Ariel is a stripper. Yeah. Boom. That's crazy. Whoa. That's crazy. I like that theory. We're like the Kraken comes. Thank you. Well, you kind of ruined like the whole story. But <laughs> I think we made it spicier. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah, we made it spicier. Like... We're trying to figure you guys, out. You, you guys want to go check it out? People I'm listening down. want to know these answers. I just don't want the water, answers. my cash to get wet. Yeah. Because like, I need to use it, right? Are you going to throw yeah. wet dollar bills yeah, no, on? You, you throw you fish. You can't rain. You throw fish. Okay, like but like fish. then how? <laughs> yeah. Like aerial is, is not Is it like a glove money. that you put your hand in and then throw fish? Because then the fish is going to get wet when you... The inside is going to get wet. Amber, the fish is going to get wet? Like, listen, Boy. you Amber, get what I'm saying? Amber, hold on. Okay, when you're hold inside on. the building, listen, listen, listen. Amber when you're inside has the building. Her true <laughs> I- IQ. Her true IQ. No, the fish, think about it. Like, if you're throwing fish to, like, you know, like when you're at the zoo. Amber does right? this thing sometimes where she thinks she's going on a smart rant. Just by and getting it's louder. Not a smart it's, rant. But and when you're inside and then she the reveals building, her actual intellect. Okay, answer my so question. If, if like it's this. airtight and you have a fish inside, how Amber, are you throwing done, it to the fish outside without you either getting wet, the inside either getting wet, or you not being on the outside? Maybe there's that's like a, a logical tube. question, no, 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 Sharm. You're no, no, no. don't even okay, No, okay, no. You know those uh, tubes listening. that they use in the bank. <laughs> okay, fine. You know, you know those tubes that they use in banks to send Yo, the money. Yeah. Oh, maybe they okay. use that's cr- Thank you. That's a logical explanation. Yeah. Um, last topic before we introduce the guest. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. I, the guest? I wanted to. I wanted to ask you guys what you do when you can't remember somebody's name. Does that happen to you? All the. I don't remember names. I at remember all. faces. Yeah, I don't like when someone when someone comes up to you and they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" Oh. and like you just don't remember them, because that happens to me every time. I'm yeah. really I bad with names. I just say what's say, up, my guy. Oh my god, hey! Yeah, what's up, my guy? It's a girl. Like, I just match their energy. <laughs> so you fake it? No, I just match. Their Do you energy. ever ask them at any point like, "What's your name again?" Or have they no. ever been like, "Do you do you even remember my name?" Have you you, ever you guys never say that. that? I say that the first time. I was like. Give me your name again, like in, in a nice way. I'll do that if I know I met them once before. Uh-huh. Then it's fine. Yeah. But if I've known I've seen them like five or six times, I'm like I can't ask. Like even though I should, but I'm just like. But what if you don't know if you've ever seen them? Then I'll ask. Oh no. You know, I found out um, years of being so bad at remembering names. The yeah. best technique is like when they ask, um, you know, to hang out or like, um, you know, check out something, whatever. I pull up like the address thing and then I give them my phone. I'm like, yeah, just give me your number. And then because it's a blank address thing, they have to put their name there too. Mm-hmm. So then I see it. I'm like, uh, oh yeah, so Joe, like, 
That's yeah. good. Or, That's a really good one. I know. Well, you're welcome. And also, just asking somebody who else is there's like yo like um who's that guy again you ask me that not, all the time that's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo 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 Sham. okay this is funny so we used to um we, we used to perform like every semester at uh my school and uh there was this guy there and he would come to every single one of the shows yeah and he'd be like yo i'm the biggest fan and stuff and um and he was really cool. Like we'd have a great conversation. Yeah. But I literally just like I'm so bad at remembering names. Yeah, and he would I'd request. Like, he would request like, "Hey, can you shout me out when you're on stage?" Yeah, he'd be like, "Yo, give me no. a shout out." I'm like, "Oh yeah, sick." And, and then like, and then I'd be like, "Shamir, like, what's this?" <laughs> and he's and Shamir's like, "Bro, this is like the third time you met him." <laughs> and what if he's uh, listening to this right now. He's no, like, he's not listening to it. Yeah. He also ended up inviting us to his wedding. <laughs> yeah, and oh, made, like, made him the MC. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what if I forget his name? Oh <laughs> when I'm introducing no. him. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Oh, was this the one that we crashed already? Yeah. Is this the upcoming one? No, yeah, we no, crashed like no. a year and a half. Yeah, ago. now guys, apparently we're we kept get, getting invited to weddings because people wanna want us to crash them. Yeah. And they don't tell their um families. Their wives. And so they like the guys end up being fans and then they're like, yo, yo, like just come crash it like my my wife doesn't know and stuff and like it'll be funny and i'm just like are you sure <laughs> but the last one was awesome because we ended up performing and yeah. they had a great time it's only the aunties and uncles that are like they're eating all the food we what are paying it, what is head. going on <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny oh, it's good stuff balloons. so the, invite us invite us to your wedding if uh, you want us to crash it and the we'll, only we'll time through. that i've um the reason why i don't ask what's your name again is or or introduce myself is because I've had like this happen like three times at least in the last Wait, year. Wait, you don't reintroduce yourself? Yeah, I won't be like, "Hey, I'm Amber." Uh huh. I'll be like, "Hey, how you doing?" Because then they're like, "Oh yeah, I know we met," and at that point I feel oh. very awkward because yeah. when they're like, "Oh yeah, we already met," oh we met at da da da, so I'll just be like, "Hey, how you doing?" And so whatever, if they're like, "Oh my god, hi," I'll be like, "Hey," like I just don't know how people energy. remember names that way, especially in a like group setting. But where I don't think you need to remember their names sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a high and a bye. Yeah. Yo, one time. Oh, it's just really embarrassing. One time there was this like person. I was like, hey, like nice to meet you. My name is Shamir. Like I was introducing myself first. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, I've known you for eight years. Nuh-uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she Bruh. freaked out in front of me, like in front of everyone. She's like, I've known you for such a long time. And apparently she was like, she used to uh, come to like my family parties back when we were kids. Mm. You didn't she, recognize her or what? I didn't recognize her. And like. But did you know her? I didn't know her like that at all. Like, I didn't... How am I supposed to know her? Like, mm. I know her mom. That's it. Mm. But I didn't know her. Mm. And I guess she knew me because she was younger, I guess. Mm. But I was be like... hilarious. Her mom walks by. You're like, oh, so I'm going to use her full name. <laughs> and then she's like, what the heck? That's so funny. So I was like, oh my... I'm never doing this again. I'm never introducing myself again. Yeah, I don't no. remember anyone's name. <laughs> you you notice I do this all the time. I was just like, yo, what's up, fam? Or yo, what's up, my guy? Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. It's, that's what I would do to that guy sometimes at the, at the shows. I'd be like, yo, shout out to my guy yeah and he's like yeah that's me <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry I'm, I'm so sorry if you're listening you probably know who you are <laughs> he's like he still doesn't i actually forgot his name like i can't and even you remember right now. You I, I, his I think wedding. i know did we go to the t no okay never mind okay we'll talk it starts about with afterwards. an m okay yeah. <laughs> see even well, i know <laughs> oh I, I know now i know now i know now i know what it is um this i guess part of this is just because like being an in, being an introvert forced to be in like an extroverted field is very hard. 
And I want to end this with a tweet from Wale, okay. who is a rapper that I admire a lot and is underrated forever. Uh, he said, my social skills are declining at a rapid pace. Some of us ain't meant or er- ain't mean or arrogant. Conversations be hard to maintain when you got a lot going on up top. And I thought that that was like pretty accurate for like people going through and social anxiety s- too. Social anxiety and just like the the standard for a lot of people that we see on social media that like can't hold a conversation in person, but online they're super talkative. So yeah, I mean it's it's one of the side effects of it, I guess. Hmm. Um, because you're expected to have, like, in that in that world, you're supposed to you're expected to hold yourself up in a certain way. Oh, for sure. And, some and people, people just, expect you to just like be this guy. And you're like, um, but I have this talent that I was sharing with the world. I didn't like necessarily sign up to be a personality. And especially as an artist, just being somebody who takes their time articulating words and thoughts into what they're trying to make it mean, and then somebody to, uh, you know think that just because they've done it in this way that at any given time mm-hmm. that they're just gonna you know radiate this mm-hmm. type of energy and that's just not the case on, on demand on demand exactly so that's just interesting but um mm-hmm. moving on uh i'm really excited to introduce the guest today uh who i think we learned a lot from yes um an extremely uh empowering and enlightening conversation that we had um and uh, he is a stranger who is a war veteran with very unique ideas about the military industrial complex. And he is And I don't using... want that to scare people off though. Like this isn't like, this is a very like deep podcast in the sense that like he explains things in a way that I've personally never heard this perspective ever. So I really yeah. hope that you guys stick around and listen to this all the way through. And uh, the really cool part is that he comes from that background, but he's using tattooing now uh, to help heal himself and others from PTSD. Um, So a very cool story. Stay tuned. It's amazing. Uh, We hope you enjoy and thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, Please welcome Chris. It's Timmy Tets and I'm back into this Raving this shit faster than a jackrabbit Said I'm all tatted up from my neck to my waist On my legs, on my knuckles, just not on my face Got the block on the bottom of my back So my ass can't never lead a hood So tatted up, look like the boy from Englewood And there ain't no denying I'm a self Let's talk about the tattoos real quick On, on your, on your sleeve Let's just, yeah, go ahead <laughs> Okay you can, you can start recording Um, so all of them go together? Um, I mean, I have a basic theme throughout my whole body, except for here's um, when, uh, like, I guess in tattooing, it's known that if you get a name, it's kind of bad luck for a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But you put your wife on. So, so I just put her whole picture. Face. And, whole uh, face. <laughs> it's been pretty good luck so far. We've been married for 14 years. And. My daughter also looks like her, so in the worst case scenario, he said, "Yeah, we'll just say it's my daughter." But I don't see it. We've been together for fifteen years now. We're good. That's awesome. Do you ever do um, like cover-ups of like people's names, people's names or faces or something? Yeah, I would say uh, between first tattoos and cover-ups, it's probably. Uh, 80% of what I tattoo. Really? Yeah, so many people wow. get bad tattoos because there's uh, Maryland's really loose on like regulation for tattooing. So people literally do it out of their house. They order a machine off of Amazon and they basically just go at it. So I've had, I, I have an example this week. Somebody came in and he was literally nothing but 
bad tattoos. And uh, he's like, the first one I want to do is he, for some reason, wanted to get the Superman shield on his forearm. Mm-hmm. And the artist, when you do stencils, you have to, like, flip them. So when you put them on, they no. look straight. So the artist put the thing on the Superman shield on backwards and he let him tattoo it that whole way through yeah so he says i was looking at it like this and i felt like something was wrong so it ended up looking like he got branded with the superman thing and it doesn't really look like the superman tattoo but that's the kind of stuff we end up fixing and it's actually not bad for us because it does create business yeah Mm -hmm. can you hold it up just a little bit yeah sure what Um, else like what else like makes like a bad tattoo aside from just it being wrong um you know, line work's really important. Saturation, there's so much that goes into it. I'm still probably will forever be a student. It's like not one of those things that you ever just like, I'm where I need to be. Like you strive, I guess, just like anything that you do that you're passionate about. But, uh, you know, it's every day I'm learning and I'm, I got five other artists that I work with that are amazing. And uh, mm-hmm. we kind of vibe off of each other's artistic uh, energy. And so, do you ever go to like parties and stuff and people are like, yo, can you tattoo me? Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of that, you know. Um, most so of my. Besides, like at your workplace, do you tattoo yeah. outside of that? Oh, no, no. I, I Because of the uh, cleansiness of our yeah. job, like, I don't want to do cross contamination. I would never, like, you know, go to somebody's house or have tattoo parties. None of that stuff. It's just too much. Uh, stuff that can go wrong you know our stations are very sanitary very clean yeah. uh you know so we don't i, I had like friends in high school that would do it with like, like i a, forget what it was a like needle a and ink yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's called a pa- stick and poke. paper stick paper and clip poke, yeah. yeah yeah paper clip that's yeah. what it was and what? and they i forget what they Kidding. did exactly but it was permanent like whatever they did stick and poke yeah and they got it like on their ankle or whatever and just casually doing it yeah and i was like yeah, they're yeah, the guys that we're usually covering. All this stuff, so, <laughs> Paper like, <laughs> we've covered up a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so I think it's super interesting, like how you even got into tattooing, um, and and you wrote into us a little bit about like you know you initially started helping people with PTSD. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, that's what initially got me into tattooing, but mm-hmm. that's because I had gotten PTSD myself from serving in the military. Yeah, so let's go into that, like. Um, I mean, you before all the tattooing stuff. Like uh, when you're a young man, um, what pulled you into wanting to serve the country? Yeah. So there's like a narrative that the military kind of uses as their marketing tool is that you know uh, there's a lot of people that grew up in pretty poor situations, like I did. Both my parents were addicted to heroin. I basically had to raise myself. I uh, did you grow up in Maryland? I did. Yeah, I grew up in a well. I was in the city till probably like 13 and I moved out to Essex, which is not really much different than the city. And uh, was just uh, surrounded by, you know, drugs and my parents and the community. There was a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff going on. By the way, for people that don't know, Maryland has a huge problem with that to this day yeah, and it's been do. increasing. Mm-hmm. So a little known fact there. Yeah, and, and, I, and that will bring me to kind of like to the point of how I ended up, you know, um, I actually watched, you know, my mother basically die from heroin use and uh, my father ended up being a drug counselor. But the ironic thing is he 
walked out in the street and got hit by a car and he's been walking the streets yeah. of Baltimore his whole life like it was, it was really weird but to get back to it so I was in Wait, uh, how old were you when that yeah. happened real quick that just happened like two years ago oh wow so, so I didn't have a relationship with my father yeah. for my whole life because he abused my mother when we were young uh-huh. but yeah. you know I believe in forgiveness because I can't harbor that hate and he got his life together came back to my life asked for forgiveness and to my face which is what I wanted him to do and explained to me what how his life was uh, spinning out of control and that how he would be a grandfather to me and Anastasia's children and I let him back in my life and he was doing great and uh, so we did salvage a couple years of his life he died 72 I believe and uh, well that's still like really incredible that you know you were able to do that and he was able to go out knowing that Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of really beautiful. It was important I mean, for me, and I did that for my mom too. Who, our ter- our relationship, because uh, you know, once I had kids, I was like, "This is how you treat kids," and mm-hmm. I realized how I got treated. You know, mm-hmm. and so when my mother would do all these hurtful things to me and my children, I kind of had to push her out. But in her last six months, I would say. Uh, she spent in the hospital and, you know, basically she lost her whole colon from using heroin over all those years. So she had 15 inches of her colon cut out and then just systematically every organ started shutting down. Uh, so that's why I think they call it a slow suicide. If it doesn't get you like quick on like an overdose, Mm. it will get you in the long run. It's just a matter of time, you know? And, uh, but I did, uh, on her last moments, I kissed on her head and told her I forgave her and I, you know. Uh, wow. That was like the most I could do, I guess. You know, that's that crazy. Point. How old were you when when this she was passed like away? four years ago? So okay. you know, forties, you know. So yeah. it was, it was tough, and I've seen a lot of friends and people go through it. It's uh, and it probably hindered you from wanting to join that lifestyle. That, it, absolutely. So that brings me why I joined the military. You know, uh, the the narrative that they put out, and it's a lot of people that are in need. You know, I feel like it happens still. Is that you know, we can pay for your education. Like, that's something you know, I never thought I would give because I'm like, your parents are not going to pay for me to go to college, you know. I never really wanted to go to any type of war or fight anybody. I just wanted to get an education. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way I could see getting it. I didn't have any other way to get skills, you know. So I got my girlfriend at that time pregnant, and I'm like, I'm not going to be my dad, you know, and take off like he did. Mm-hmm. So, so I joined, you know, and that's how I ended up in the military. How old were you when you joined? I was uh, 19. Okay. Yeah, right and, out of high school. And like, uh, what what did they initially sort of like give you that that you needed? You said you know they give you Skills. things that you need. What does that uh, well, entail? You know, obviously they pay you, which in the beginning is not very good, but they uh, offer you a free education, so mm-hmm. they'll give you money to go to college while you're serving. Mm-hmm. You know? uh-huh. But what they tell you is like it's really hard to go to college while you're you know being deployed or doing this or that and this. But mm-hmm. you know they tell you that mm-hmm. because that's like a lot of people need that and they can't get it you know right. uh, they may not qualify for social i mean uh for uh educational financial help or you know whatever it is but you know there's a uh, it's uh, you know rarely did i run into anybody that joined the military to be fighting in a war right so there's well, a lot of different reasons they make you believe you're joining for what branch did you end up joining the army and uh, you don't have to go into super detail about anything, but like, what was your experience? Like, where did they send you and you know, what did you end up doing there? Uh, my first duty assignment ended up being over in Germany. And uh, 
you know, which was crazy because, like, at that point, I've never been in Essex, and I've never even been around people that really wasn't addicted to drugs. So mm. being thrown into this situation, then going to Germany, was, like, really a eye-opener for me. Uh, however, the job I had, like, entailed some really harsh realities about the world. And at that age, I still didn't really put it together. I believe the things that I were doing was to uh, protect freedom in America, which... And later on, I come to realize that freedom in America has never been at stake, as mm. far as I could see. You know, were you super patriotic? No, okay. no. And actually, the longer I stayed in, the less patriotic I got. And I think a lot of people will probably not like me saying that that are in or got out, or you know, because mm. a lot of people get into that mentality because it's a brainwash mentality that you know we're doing this because these people who are different than you are a threat to you and they're really not you know and i've got to meet you know like i have i have arguments with people that have never been out of their county let alone their state they're telling me how these people are which could what, be what people like well which could be a arab foreigner, nation okay. like it could be iraq afghanistan i mean you can put most of the time they don't even know the difference of what they're talking about yeah. you know and so you know, and I think that all started with the terrorism stuff, you know, and then that become a, a lump uh, stereotype for anybody that would come from that region. It doesn't even matter. It could be Israel. It could be, they don't know. Mm -hmm. They really don't know. And want to argue with me about it when I met people there and I'd seen loving families that are just trying to be happy, just like they are here and are just as afraid of us as you've been made to be afraid of them. Is that what made you kind of come up with this whole uh, thought process? What, like what initially triggered so that? So what happened was I ended up getting PTSD from seeing, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail, but yeah, sure. I've seen a lot of casualties. Okay. Uh, okay. I've never got injured myself and I'm considered a disabled vet because of the mental uh, anguish that mm -hmm. I've been put through and the things that I've seen. You know, and I'm, that's about as broad as I can leave it because I don't want to like get in any type sure, of, you sure. know. But, uh, what happened was I had gotten to so much mental anguish from what I'd seen, I was able to finish my schooling and marketing. Uh, so I did take advantage of the things they gave to me. And uh, they actually moved me into a recruiting position. So then I got into recruiting people. And that's how I started realizing I understood more now the sales pitch and the marketing approach of the armed forces of how mm. they work on the psychology of the youth of this country. Okay. And uh, So it wasn't until then that you started recruiting, that you started realizing yeah, like what it was? and what I was going through. And then I started, things started to open up to me because I was like, you know, I'm selling this thing to these people and I've seen really what it does. I ended up here because I'm in like really bad mental, mental anguish to go along with what I went through with my parents. So for me, it was like so much self-searching and trying to understand what was happening. And uh, so I was very successful at recruiting because I just have a gift of talking, but I started becoming a conscientious objector because I had one kid that I had put in who was a high school student, 17, and... Uh, That's a really young age to start yeah, recruiting, too. And uh, it's funny to me that you can fight a war for this country at 17, but you can't get a beer, you know, or right. vote for that Because matter. they also yeah. think that you don't have the maturity to make a decision, but you can yeah. put yourself in that situation. Yeah, you can go to war for them, but you can't vote at the voting booth. And that, to me, is like yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's only a year, but still. Yeah. You know what's really interesting um, so far from what you've said is that, uh, you know, you experienced 
and and saw you know your parents go through something uh, that really affected you deeply and you forgave them mm-hmm. and then you went through something similar with the army where you know you were impacted and mm-hmm. then you were a recruiter and then you kind of tried to look out for other yeah. people yeah. it's like a pattern that's it is really and, interesting in your life, and it and it actually that's what will end up being how I got into tattooing. And uh, the thing that really got me to where I really started having uh, second doubts about the uh, the way the military was operating their their stuff is, um, you know, I had a mother. I put a kid in. I remember his name, Jordan. You know, he is. I'll never forget. Is him. it a seventeen-year-old? Yes. Uh, he. I put him in, and he would. Uh, always call me he was one of the people that actually joined because he loved his country I, I didn't have many people mm-hmm. join for that reason and uh, he ended up um, getting uh, killed you know oh in uh, over there and uh, I remember his uh, this is like a really pivotal moment in where my mind started going where it was going is that uh, his mom called and she uh my my office partner answered her phone and she's like oh, she want to talk to sergeant zag and i'm like oh god you know you, you don't want to talk to the parents of you know i was responsible for putting him in so i was you know thinking the worst so so his parents called you yeah after he passed so oh, wow. how did that go yeah this, so i got on the phone thinking that she's going to just and she actually thanked me and she was like jordan loved his country and since the day he could walk he always wanted to be a soldier and uh, he died for what he believed in. And that that impact was so profound to me because I know that that reason is farce. You know, it's not... Why? Why? Uh, what do you mean by Jordan that? really believed that he was fighting an enemy, you know, that really mm-hmm. wasn't an enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the mentality of a lot of the people that are supporting the military is they really believe that we're doing some honorable thing by going over and... and you know, uh, destroying families, killing people, doing the things we do. I mean, it has do. to take a certain level of nationalism to do that. It does. And it's, Is that what you were told and what you believed when you were? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When I was coming up, like, if you're lower rank, you're not told. You're just given the mission. You're not like, sure. you know, And but it's all uh, an agenda, you know, and it's all part of a bigger narrative. Uh, so when this happened to me, I they were like, now, again, I'm at a point where, so much has happened to me that they got to move me from a job. So they made me a marketing director, which was kind of crazy, you know, I mean, because I was in marketing. So I ended up getting even on a bigger national level where I was dealing with uh, now uh, my office had a budget of millions and millions of dollars. You know, I was basically working with a, a friend of mine. Uh, I don't want to mention, you know, because he's still in, but mm-hmm. uh, and we would be given you know, anywhere from five to $30 million a year of taxpayers' money. Mm-hmm. And our job was to use that money to find and get people to join. And, so so uh, you're just doing the same thing, but at a bigger scale. Yeah, yeah, this is, it's crazy. Like, the, the worse that I thought of it, the, you know, the bigger situations I got myself into. And, uh, but through every level of that, I felt like there was growth happening inside of me that was eventually, you know, get me to where I'm at now. And. Uh, do you feel like there's any part of your training or the training that happened that makes you believe that there is the enemy that you're fighting? Or do you feel like that comes from the people, from like a mindset of the people who join? I think that, I think mo- for the most part, it comes from narratives and propaganda that's pushed out by our government. And I know 
like a lot of people would think, oh, this is a propagandist. He's, a, you know, uh, coming up with, you know, all. but that's, this is just from my experience and what I've seen and how I've seen what they've done with the money, you know, and that leads me to the military industrial complex. So mm-hmm. any uh, president, you know, regardless of which one you could pick Obama, you could say Bush, you could say currently Trump has found a way to funnel money into the military industrial complexes, which people don't understand is a, a majority of the tax budget goes into this. And, uh, you know, basically anytime that they can push for war or something going on that involves conflict, they're able to use that to draw money from the population and justify it as protecting our freedom. Hmm. Why, and, do you, why do you think they'd want to spend all that money? Like. You know, one of the things that always confuses me is like, you know, we talk about there's homeless vets and there's Mm. all this drug abuse and there's, you know, countless amount of things, people without homes, shelter, whatever it might be. Proper water and Flint for a while. Yeah. And uh, those things don't seem like they would take that much money to solve. Yeah, Um, they don't. But we are able to spend billions of dollars in the army. Why do you think it's important for, you know, as you're saying, like these presidents to continue to fund it and and yeah that's why do they want to go to war or whatever yeah that's what i was i was coming to that point Mm -hmm. so basically what happens is and you've really seen it during the first iraqi war with dime Corps and Halliburton and all these big contract companies is uh so they become the beneficiary of these huge contracts that are put out when war starts so you always see a jump in the economy like you know whenever even you see trump talking about you know i might go into you know, Iran, or I might do this or that, you see a stock jump because that means uh, business. So mm. what happens is these companies, these companies get these big contracts. Now, since I dealt with money in the military, now I understand how this works. You know, the it's supposed to be competitive. So it's supposed to be three bids. So anybody, anytime I want to spend money, I have to have three bids unless I have a soul, somebody can provide something that nobody else can. What do you mean by three bids? So, for instance, if I wanted to send a security force to Iraq and three companies would provide me this security force, I would reward them this contract, which could be millions of dollars. Hmm. Technically, they're supposed to consider each one of these and they're supposed to go by guidelines. But they write the contracts in certain ways where they get the company they want. Now, And is this like weapons? uh, All of it. Vehicles, all that? Anything you can imagine. Got it. Like the soldier part of it is to me basically just so we can have some kind of like sort of good represent PR type stuff. The the majority of the rough stuff that's going on is done by contractors. I have a friend that has been there for fifteen years and has uh his basically he's basically just has permission to kill at will and has killed hundreds of people by his account and uh, he's a contractor. And these people that are making all of the you know weaponry and everything, they're not the ones that are standing on the front lines, are they? No, they're not. But the money gets spread out. So what the point I was getting to is why they do it. So now you see like uh, the president and Congress, even like uh, both sides of that part, they really uh, when they gave permission for big companies to contribute to campa- campaigns, they opened up the floodgates for this type of behavior. So now. DynCorp gets a hundred million dollar contract from the government, which is taxpayers' money. But now DynCorp has a floodgate to contribute to 
politicians' campaigns. Mm. So, you know, it's here's your contract. We'll create this war. You got hundreds of million dollars. I expect to see on the back end this much coming into my reelection efforts. Mm. That's really interesting. What, yeah. I mean, um, I think that it's it's hard for people, as you said, like to when when they're they've never been out of you know your own county or even a state or something mm. to convince them of these things. So like, how do you, especially in the area we live in, how do you convince people, uh, you know, that what you're saying is true? I mean, mostly when I get people? into discussions, I I lived it. I've done it. Right. I've signed the contracts. I've sent the contracts up. I've seen how it works. Uh, and if you really think about it, like, why would we let big corporations inflect, I mean, uh, have com- uh, impact on our elections? And where, and even bigger money, like, you could see this start to form now, is how this Ukraine thing happened. They're able to get past it. So now you have a situation where we've kind of made the population numb to the fact that we're okay with letting other countries now start to contribute to our elections. Can you clarify what you mean by a contractor so they're not from the army you're saying? No, they don't go, they're not government uh, employees. They don't have to go by the same rules of like of the Geneva Convention. So basically, if they get awarded a contract, they're acting on their own. So they're not even necessarily from the country, right? Like sometimes it's they yeah, get no, it from other we, countries. They can. So they're but, contracted as like they're like they are their own like person that they're they're, they're contracting their services. They would be they would be considered independent contractors. So basically, the government is awarding them an amount of money to do a job, and but they don't fall under the guidelines of like a soldier would or somebody that was in the government because the government's very strict about what you can and can't do as an employment of the go- employer of the government but when you're a contractor they it's like what it's like a hands loophole. off it is a loophole so i think it's really important that you are able to say this because you are you know what what people typically will have as i guess uh allies on their side which is like a white man who has gone to war mm-hmm. if we were to say any of this kind of stuff like you know sure we'd I don't know what would happen, but, um, you know, like, for example, with the with the flag, right? Um, I think many immigrants or people from different cultures that are at least traveled a bit, you know, for for us, like we're well traveled. But, you know, like coming from back home, I can say personally that when there's ideas that that don't match up with my beliefs, that's not going to be like um I'm gonna bow down to that flag. And that's yeah. the same way that I think about America, which is just like, I love both my home country and this country, I, I love America. Like it's it's one of the, I think it's the best country in the world in my opinion. Um, and like the freedom to do and say whatever you want is incredible. Mm-hmm. But a flag to me is like a symbol. Mm-hmm. And like in respectfully in my religious views, the only thing that I submit or bow down to is God mm-hmm. and like, you know, these are all things that we've created. And so so I don't understand and I don't, I'm not really vocal about that with people, especially, you know, as you yeah, know, in the area sure. that we live in. But uh, how do you how do you feel about, you know, the flag or, or symbols of America? And yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm on the same page as you. I've never understood the worship of a symbol or the forced patriotism. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought the word patriotism should be linked with 
uh, mandated or forced or, mm. you know, even the Pledge of Allegiance to me is like a weird thing. Like, I have to, as a child, stand up and pledge my allegiance to something. Like, it's mm-hmm. like... And, and like, by the way, I, I went to school in uh, Pakistan and we had to do that. Like, the whole school had to come mm-hmm. out and do that to a flag where we sure. sang the national anthem. So it's like, all these countries have it. And, and the mm. same views about war, like... You know, if you go to another country, they would think that America is terrorists who are coming to sure. invade their home and all that. So yeah, I've seen that firsthand, and I I see why too. Yeah, so it's like it's weird to me when you say concepts like that are strange, uh, as you are as well, because I'm not just talking about it being an American concept that's weird. I'm saying in general, like yeah. the way the and the thing is about Americans, like we have the power and the knowledge and ability to get that knowledge. And a lot of us don't. That's like my sort of yeah. That, that's baffling with too. It. Like it's not information that's that hard, you know. And I feel like it's living in a box, you know. And I feel like everybody that falls into this like has the problem that they're inside of a box, and they don't know how to feel step out of that box because they start to feel uncomfortable, mm. you know. Uh, you know, if a guy is like extremely homophobic, he's lived in this box, he doesn't understand it. The minute he steps out of it, he starts thinking, oh my, you know, this is taboo or something. Yeah. It's, did it's you hear not, about the, you know? the Colin Kaepernick situation? Yeah, sure. What did you think about that? I think that, uh, again, it was used as a, a talking point to push a narrative, uh, a political narrative. I feel like he had every right to do that. Uh, the NFL is not owned by the government. He is free to do what he wants. You know, I feel like... Uh, he even was respectful enough, like, I don't know if a lot of people know, like, he was contacted by an Army Ranger and asked, how can I do this? And an Army Ranger is the one that told him taking a knee is a good way to do it, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I feel like as a soldier, your job is to protect the freedoms of the people that live in your country, you know? And if you're truly honoring that, what you swore to protect is the Constitution, which guarantees you that freedom, then you should be elated that we live in a country that he can take a knee. Mm. If you feel like that he can't, then you're looking more for a fascism or type of country. You know, I never understood that at the beginning of what was even going on. Cause I was like, oh, I thought taking a knee was like a respectful sign in general. Sure. Like when you, when somebody dies, whatever it might be like, so many people take a knee or like go to the ground. It's like almost like a humble sort of- He could have like turned around. He could have like done so many things that were more disrespectful. Right. But taking a knee, yeah. Yeah, so that's weird. Yeah, Um, I didn't find that to be offensive at all. And matter of fact that like, you know, the and if people want proof that you're that the country's in that state of mind all you need to do is look at something like that yeah and people are not willing to think any differently you know even though his message had nothing to do like they're saying you're disrespecting the troops i'm like how you know how do you go to that from you did you even understand his point like most people don't if you ask yeah. them they don't even know why he did it whose fault is this who do you think is to to blame and who do we need to educate about this is it people that just don't know any better that are living in these small towns or do you think it's the responsibility yeah of you know I, th- I think there's a big disconnect uh i think people are they're frustrated you know the the money you know there's jobs you know but it's it's people you know have to, two and three people have to get together to get an apartment anymore and uh I think people are frustrated. They need something to believe in. And uh, a lot of times uh, media will cover whatever is coming out as these narratives come out. Like, you know, I know I'm starting to ramble, but I think it's an important point. Uh, Terrorism was like a huge narrative in this country for a very long time. I said when Donald Trump took office, I said, you're going to see a couple of things happen overseas. I knew this before it happened because I knew the pattern. 
and he's going to see the reaction and you're going to get that reaction is going to gauge how he uses terrorism as a narrative there was the french france thing there was a couple things that happened i called it before it even happened didn't get the reaction that he wanted like he got when you know it started happening with 9-11 that time thing so all of a sudden there's no narrative for terrorism next thing you know Nobody hears a peep about terrorism. So did terrorism just go away because we stopped talking about it? Or is it still there and we just don't care? Yeah, I believe it's just not, was never there, you know? Mm -hmm. Of course there's gonna be people out there that don't like our country because we've done a lot of bad things, you know? If, if you sitting at home or sitting in your house right now and you were, your town is uh, occupied by a foreign army that controls what happens, you're probably not gonna like that army. Well, not to, you know, sound super evil, but um, I think, deep down i might speak for a good amount of minorities or muslims when i say that like when all of these uh shootings started happening the domestic terrorism in america i think muslims almost were like relieved yeah because sure. when at least we relieved see when you see that it's not a muslim when, when you person, see it's not a muslim like i know sure. it's really bad to say that but like honestly sometimes you're like <laughs> you're like oh god because the you hold impact. your breath until you find out that it's not a Muslim person. Cause, because cause when it's, it's a white person, to... it's just like, you know that there's going to be no consequence mm -hmm. that happens to white people in this country. You know, like, there's not going to be they're not all gonna the minorities that, oh, getting together and attacking. That, you know, they're, yeah. they're terrorists. They're not going to be claimed but or like, labeled sure. as terrorists. Even as soon as Donald Trump got elected, you know, the, the attacks on Muslims and, like, other, other people of color... Um, skyrocketed yeah. it was the most like hate crimes hate crimes uh against yeah. against muslims and other people just just for the the, the things that he was preaching like nobody had sure. even done anything so when i say that like it was almost a relief like yeah. it kind of was and you know i don't know i don't know how for that me sounds, I, but. for me i was like you know yeah you're like this like i still am baffled of how our justice system looks at uh you know <laughs> You know, if a, if a white guy shoots up, you know, a, a movie theater, mm -hmm. he's mentally ill, you know. But if it's anybody else, they're a terrorist or they're, you Well, know. it's just like, it kind of shows that, like, evil people are evil people. And, mm -hmm. yes. and as long as you know people from different backgrounds, you, like, you go to their house. I mean, you're in this house for, you know, your wife is here. She's here for the second time. And, like, you, you understand that just, like, everybody is... You don't, yeah. you don't understand that until you get that experience. Yeah. And that's, I think, like, maybe... And I think that's what we're lacking a lot of, yeah. you know? And I think people don't... You know, I think in some ways it's the internet helps uh, because you can, but you have to take that step in that direction to say, you know what, I want to learn more about this situation instead mm -hmm. of saying, you know what, I'm just going to follow, you know, this, this, and this, and not to alienate anybody. It could be Fox News. It could be CNN, CNN like whatever your thing is. If you put yourself in just that world mm -hmm. and you don't try to understand, For then sure. you will become a product of what they're telling you. Absolutely. It's just like, you know, marketing is kind of like that. You know you want the new iPhone. You don't know why. It does the same thing, but you know you want it. It's because you trust it's found it, it into trust. your head. That's a good example because that's yeah. how I am with iPhone. It's, right. like, it's like I don't even want to – I had an Android for a bit. And I was just like, you know what? This is not – this yeah. doesn't feel – uh, like this is something new and people mm -hmm. don't like that like change yeah. stuff and all's marketing Yo, that's is, good <laughs> all's marketing is reprogramming of your head to think in the way that they want you and not yourself sure. so you lose your own identity the minute you start uh, the minute you start 
giving the argument of what you heard on the news or from the president and that becomes your stance and you fight for it even though you don't really understand it you've now become a pro their product of what mm -hmm. they wanted mm -hmm. this is what they wanted to achieve they wanted you to not be able to think on your own they want you to spit their narrative out every time you open your mouth mm -hmm. and then that's what causes the division in the country so mm -hmm. you know my advice to people would be you know and this is not from coming from a high place but i kind of love everybody until you show me that you're not the person that i need to have in my life i don't care if you're chinese as an individual whatever you are right. as an individual right. you know my mentor and person that i love probably most in this world is a black male mm -hmm. you know and uh, he's one of the most amazing people that I've ever met, you know, and but you have to have a certain type of open-mindedness to this type of thing or I believe you're missing out. Yeah. Well, on that know? point, I mean, like you married a Russian girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> and she I, was on this podcast. I feel like, yeah, yeah I feel like, uh, you know, being in the army and stuff, especially what you hear about, you know, oh, Russia is like yeah. the worst place for and like competing with them. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. honestly, like, uh, you probably know this better but like from what i've heard and and like seen is just like uh a lot of these bigger powerful countries fight against each other using the smaller countries like uh, oh. syria afghanistan like saudi arabia does the same thing and they're supposed to be like the yeah. holy place yeah. but yeah. uh yeah i mean like how did you uh feel initially about uh m marrying a russian girl and like and the the criticism that you might receive with your friends or whoever yeah sure when i met anastasia like she had such a profound effect on me i didn't even really think about her nationality mm. i was just like this amazing funny beautiful woman and uh it just happens that i love her accent too you know <laughs> and uh when i went to russia you know uh my whole life i heard you know they hate us this this and that i get there and you know i was received with such welcoming like like i was part of the family and the first thing her mom did when she seen me is like kiss me all over my face. <laughs> That's and awesome. I'm not even making it up. I, as soon as I got in the city, her friends were waiting for us. They got us to pull over. They come over, run. They're throwing me in the air, you know, <laughs> like throwing me up and down here like I'm on a trampoline. And I'm just <laughs> like, this this is uh, wrong, you know. Like people are not understanding what's really happening. Mm. Like every average everyday people that are living their life and just trying to be happy don't give care about these big, you know government issues that they try to shove down our throat to get us to hate each other you know yeah. and i would say i was not treated with disrespect from one person i was there for three weeks mm -hmm. you know my first visit and yeah. i never had issues with anybody Her family immediately took me in yeah mm -hmm. did the army kind of like be suspicious with you you know dating or marrying a russian girl or even going there uh no they didn't uh because at the time that i did i didn't have a top secret security clearance mm. if i would have that would be an issue mm. yeah so That's interesting yeah. i mean like all these things you know uh you i feel like you've had enough experiences to understand the viewpoints that you do now and most people don't have that but somehow you are still helping other people cope with that right. and yeah. uh that's what we originally started this uh conversation with which was like um, the PTSD thing with the tattooing. Mm. How did? What made you think of that? So um, initially coming out, this uh, overload of information and feeling of like guilt and the things I was going through after the army stuff. Yeah, after the army, I was uh, you know I was taking different jobs and corporate jobs. I was feeling a lot of stress and anxiety. Uh, I had been given medications, you know, because the VA wants to just give you meds and shut you up you know and mm -hmm. I decided uh I I had finally got this one doctor that was like told me that 
asked me what one of the things I love, and this is something that me and Anastasia really had in common when we met was music and art, you know, and I was like, you know, how can I get into art and and get paid and be able to take care of my family and stuff, and I uh, was inspired by a couple other artists, so I was like, you know what, I had a talk with her, and she's like, go for it, man, like, that's the great thing about her, you know, she's one of those people like, go for it, you know, do yes, your thing. Yes, she is. You know? <laughs> she's a very if we will, f- we'll figure it out, just go for it, you know, and I did that, and uh, I got myself to a place where when I was doing art, I was in the moment, and if you listen to a lot of, you know, philosophy or meditation, one of the most important things you can do for a healthy mind is to try to be in the moment, right. you know, and the art really puts me in the moment. So uh, I found out about this group that helps veterans with PTSD. And um, so they look at your portfolio and they did. So basically what I do is I, uh, they call it tattoo therapy. I don't offer them any type of medical advice. You know, I'm not a doctor. But basically while I'm tattooing them, I open up to them about my situation. This is an organization called ta- uh, 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 Tattoo Operation Freedom. And uh, you basically talk to them. And when they hear your story, they open it up and they start talking about it. And just that interaction makes them feel better because they feel like nobody wants to hear. Like, like if I tell my story to some people, they automatically think, you know, there's something this guy like doesn't love his country or it's mm. just the opposite. I love my country and, I, sure. and it kills me to see this happening. Mm. So they have this person that's not going to judge them that they can open up to, you know, even if they're like missing a leg, you know, like, God, you know, I really didn't want to lose my leg. You know, it sounds good to say I fought for my country and lost my leg, but it truly inside that it's a horrible thing, you know? Mm. And so joining this, uh, was in, so I found now that I'm getting all kind of people in my chair that are getting tattoos that are doing it because they, you know, I've had people that we talked about before we started was, are just like self mutilating. And I had to educate myself on that because I see people sit down and they have the cutting and they're trying to escape the realities and the pains that the society is now putting on them because of the amount of information that's coming out. The Wait, so they're cutting themselves. It's like a way to feel. Because I've know. heard that some people will get tattoos done on top of tattoos just for the feeling of yeah, the pain. Yeah, and... So how does that work? That's how they're replacing that type of self-mutilation is like getting tattoos and tattoos uh, and, and that in memorial tattoos. You know, so many people have got pain and they use the tattoo to soothe that pain. Hmm. And it's uh, so from what I just thought was going to just be this thing where I'm doing art ended up being into. I feel like every time I put ink in somebody, I'm having this relationship with them. And I have these people that are keep coming back to me and are telling me their stories. And for instance, this week I just had a lady that got a tattoo and it was a memorial tattoo. I was like, do you mind me asking what happened? And uh, she told me her son was stabbed to death and murdered. Wow. And I'm just like, wow, that got heavy really quick. Yeah. But this tattoo reminded her of her son in a good light. And she gave me a hug and was like crying at the end of it. And very rewarding for me. You know, while I've done so much of this stuff, something as simple as tattooing has been probably the most rewarding thing that that I've gotten into. And, um, you know, and I do believe it helps people on a different level of just, you know, I'm getting a skull or I'm doing this. And that does happen and people just love it for the art, I understand. But a lot of people are doing it because they want to speak out or they want to rebel or they want to show that they're, they think about something strongly or, you know, enough that, you know, Putting it on my body—that's how much I care about some of the stuff that I'm doing. In yeah. it. How do you how do you prevent people who do try to go in that self mutilation route 
from continuing down that path? Um, well, should you prevent them? No, yeah, you know, I really don't take on that role. Okay. Uh, I basically talk to them and and just hear get them, them out. to share. Yeah, and I think a lot of times I've gotten like uh, I had a text that the girl sent me yesterday who was in a. Well, I don't want to get too specific. So I had a text from somebody that basically is like, you know, you provided like a safe place that I haven't been in. And now this is at a tattoo shop yeah. that I haven't been able to find in years. And you and the staff there like are caring and loving and left us this amazing review, you know, mm. and she was somebody that did that, you know, and it was that's the rewarding part of the job. You know, that's what's incredible is we always talk about this. It's just like when you have conversation with strangers it's it's so different and and especially in places where there's not people around you that you know and i think yeah. one of the fears of people is just like judgment in general mm. and and what the people in their lives would think about something like that or they're afraid to even just speak about how they feel and you're providing a place uh where you know you're sitting down for with with somebody for hours tattooing yeah. and and they just feel like you know they can let go and that's incredible yeah, it is. It's like I, I always say it's like a, a bar. You're like a bartender, but you're not drunk and you're stuck with me for three to four hours. <laughs> and, you know, and it's crazy. Like the stories that have went back and forth, you know, um, it's a uh, it's a really rewarding job, you know, and I have a lot of people like you were like this, this and this for the military and your education. And why are you tattooing? And I'm like, I can't imagine why. I feel like you're in a way better place. Exactly. Now. Like, I don't want to be Sounds caught like in the it. cog, you know, in the wheel. And then, you know, I'm just that's it my life's yeah. done and i live this you know cookie cutter style life that i was supposed to and if uh, you're out there doing that and you have a passion that you haven't like you know take a shot like yeah you never know you never know if it's going to work for you you know yeah. like like my wife's doing right now she's taking big risks and taking shots at her dreams and you you're know? being an and awesome supportive husband yeah. oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> that's that's what counts you know i wish um i i saw somebody getting tattooed one time a friend of mine um for some reason, they took me with them, and um, nothing happened in that shop. And I wish you were there. Like it, for hours, we were sitting there, and they didn't speak to each other. They didn't speak to me. The guy just kept looking at me every once in a while, and then it was over. I wish you were there. But so unfortunately, there are shops out there like that, you know. And there's out there, there's people that are strictly out there to just to make the money. And I'm not throwing shade on people, you know that do yeah, what no, they of do course. uh you have a lot of choices as a consumer you know and i would just like anything else i would suggest you do your homework on your artist and on on your shop it just yeah. seems like you would make the experience a lot better yeah that's what i'm that's saying, what I'm saying like, yeah you don't you're not signing up for like a therapy what, session what, yeah, ther yeah exactly <laughs> but like you're providing a place where people just feel that comfortable that's so awesome and yeah. I, I think it's so profound that through everything that you've been through in your life growing up in a tough situation pulling your way to get in the army seeing all of that recruiting and then coming to a tattooing place and you say now that this is a thing that gives you that, that you get the most out of yeah it heals me i think that that's yeah. you're like you're being healed and you're like almost healing somebody else right. which sure. is awesome but you're yeah. but you're stabbing them with this uh, <laughs> ink pen now um yeah well uh i know i know you're on uh Instagram. Do you want to shout out your Instagram page so yeah, people can um, see your art because it's incredible. Yeah, my shop is called Legacy Tattoo and Art Gallery. It's also got beautiful art there for sale. We have six amazing artists there. Uh, I'm just one of them. Uh, I've been there and it's it's awesome yeah, looking it's shop. A beautiful and it's clean. shop and it's even been updated even more since you've been there. It's one of the most cleanest shops you'll ever walk into. We care. Our if you look at our 
Go to Google, look up Legacy Tattoo Art Gallery. We have all five-star ratings. We haven't had one bad rating. Um, my Instagram is C-Z-A-C-K underscore tattoo. Mm. I have and a really quick question that's like completely off topic, but okay. I've recently like seen the world of like uh, makeup tattoos. Um, what is like that? What, what, they're basically oh, like the eyelash well eyebrows eyeliner, but also lips. eyeliner lips um mm. like what's your take on that i'm just curious Amber wants one. Oh, no, 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 i'm just curious because i think me, it's great and I, I do have an opinion on it if you're going to do it don't get it from a tattoo artist right. not that they can't but there's people out there one of them who was our best friend she's nat it's nat tech uh if you want to look her up um, she she is an artist that does nothing but that the makeup stuff and you want that person right. that has devoted their life to tattooing mm -hmm. face makeup not a tattoo artist that happens to do face makeup on the right, side right 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 and like and there are ones out there to try hair it, you know? like people who put like the fake yeah, hair they're out there there's even stuff. if you wanna uh, there's even tattoo artists that specialize in realistic looking nipples oh, for people right, that have breast right, cancer right, right. oh wow yeah that's amazing Amber was just looking for like a real life snapchat filter like <laughs> with the butterfly <laughs> one <laughs> no, sure um, if they can provide that I had, I had actually I met that. the dog filter a few, <laughs> a few people a few years back who I would be like wow Wow, your eyeliner is always like there whatever and then i knew them for like five six years and i was like wait and they're like yeah no i was i was like do you put your eyeliner on every morning and they're like no it's tattooed and then over time i could see like separation because they were getting older and like you could see the wrinkles develop yeah. and so there were spaces in them so i was just curious what your you know viewpoint of it was as yeah. a artist i, I mean tattoo artist it's definitely art like i Again, you know, do your research mm -hmm. and and you know, look out for people that are posting stuff up that's not their work. You know, you should be able to see uh, their work and and like sometimes you'll see like well the background looks different in all these pictures. Mm -hmm. That's you know they're just posting. You want somebody that looks like it's in the same shop for every right. picture and it's you like know. clip art. Yeah, it has yeah. like the people stock, a, stock yeah. image sign. <laughs> <laughs> and I still would all get like and again my opinion would be go to somebody that does that full time. They're not mm. like a tattooers that happens that's to also do. Also does that yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. There's plenty out there. So, mm -hmm. um, well, Chris, like this was super enlightening, well, and thank, thank you, you so much. much for coming on here. Thank you, it was great. Um, great being here. Before you leave, uh, we have to ask every guest on the podcast one last question. I think you already know what it is, but Shamir, if you want to take that away, uh, if you could describe yourself in any flavor, what would it be and why? Man, you know, this have crazy. you thought about this? I knew from the time she did her interview, and I'm like, nobody's ever prepared though. Yeah, and I'm never prepared, and. I, it's so hard for me. Um, <laughs> it could be anything. It doesn't have to be an ice cream flavor. You know, I could tell you like my favorite flavor, and maybe there's some kind of correlation. Tie it in, tie, tie it in. in. I'm sure I love uh, <laughs> South Carolina barbecue sauce. Okay. Because it's vinegar, and I love vinegar. I don't know why. And I don't know how it correlates to my personality. Is it a but dynamic it you know flavor? It's, it's a very American thing. It is. And, but, and, you know, and I'm not that like guy, but because I love. Uh, Is it because right. it's dynamic and you have a very dynamic character <laughs> personality? Be. I don't know. Like maybe it's because it's really good, but people think vinegar sucks. <laughs> oh. Okay. Like Wait. South Carolina. You know, there's a lot of things that I think are really good, and people are like, "Why does he think that way?" Because you haven't tried it. Ooh. So maybe that's. There we go. Hmm. I was also gonna say, like, um, you know, the the whole Southern thing, um, is like barbecue american and and it feels like very uh like oh 
dangerous conservative yeah. and stuff but then like for example when we went to texas and stuff yeah. people were very homey and yeah. like welcoming yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of like that's kind of like you too which is like right. yeah. you know you fought in the army and like you know you come from this background and uh patriotism and this and that but then like you know you love other people's cultures and you're like mm-hmm. you know what like th- it's not just about this it's about you know embracing everybody sure so. just because you like something doesn't mean you're that stereotype you know it's you know just so many people you know you think you can judge somebody by something that they eat then you, know, you, probably, <laughs> you probably need to do some self-searching you know like, i definitely i definitely judge people by what they eat i don't judge them <laughs> but i definitely well people judge me all these guys judge me for what i eat all the time yeah. that's because you dip but, bananas in water but right, anyways Amber. well the judgment might be like you don't have a good taste in food but not <laughs> this guy is yeah, a yeah, white yeah. nationalist right <laughs> no, i think it was really cool that we had your wife on here mm-hmm. and um and she wants to jump in for a second, but I like after getting like a second to interview you and getting time to interview her, I'm very happy that you two are together and that you guys Aww, probably embrace each other and love each other and are supportive because we can see that she has a project called Loop Life of mm-hmm. um, Interesting People Absolutely. and how you are willing to embrace other people beyond what you've been through and everything. So I think that's very, very yeah. I, I love that for you guys. He's like, how did she still make okay, it? Okay, guys. So, speaking of flavors, She's I have a very special surprise for you. Okay. He asked me to wait till then, but yeah. I needed speaking to bring eating. it to you because I promised last time. What is it? What is it? Is that a What is that? Is that a dessert? It's a cow tongue. Oh! No, I'm, I'm uh, so sorry, but I'm no. I'm just gonna show you. I'm oh so okay. I'm so oh, okay. So, this <laughs> shit is supposed to be the best. You guys eat that in Russia? Yes. Do you eat that? No. no. Have you ever Wait, tried it? No one is gonna eat Yo, it. No, but... you're touching it. Relax. Relax. Oh, that's gross. Oh, okay, you're a Oh god. My, Wait, I told are you it. sure that's not your enemy's no. tongue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, we're putting. We need to put that away. That's that's, that's the end of that. That's we just we just got I we just got you. done doing a beautiful podcast. Yeah, and, and you this just ruined that. Shut up! Really? You, you ruined your husband's whole experience. No, you know, I told her. I said, I said, we're gonna have like this serious undertone, and I can see you just being like, "Here's my cow tongue." They can cut it out, baby. I don't mind. I'm not even cutting that. I'm not even cutting that. That was amazing. You cut that tongue out. I'm not cutting this out. Dima, I'm gonna send you a video. Dima wants to actually try it, my son, because I knew I was like, dude. These guys are not gonna make it. They are not gonna try this tongue. I'm gonna bring we're it not, back. We're to definitely you. not. Yeah, we're not, not trying, trying the tongue. tongue. So you we'll try the chocolate. Half but a candy bar. So he Let ate me. half of it. But, so you <laughs> okay, can <laughs> eat it. It's proven fact. You can eat it. It's uh, okay. We'll chocolate. eat it afterwards. Let me wrap up this podcast real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but uh, Chris, again, like, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I feel you. like yeah. you are appreciate it. The the exact thing that we search for on this podcast, which Absolutely. is like strangers who have beautiful stories and and like things that we all learned and, and perspectives that we were able to to change and learn from. So thank you thank again you. for coming. I appreciate on. you having me on and I appreciate you guys providing a forum for people in my situation to be able to say, you know, take a look at it from oh. a different way. So well, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. And uh, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Strange Flavors. It's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, yeah.